Hey guys, happy new year. This is an agile podcast and I'm your host Christine Diritu. I hope you started off your year well. And I hope you already have uh, put in place your goals, your health goals for the year. If you haven't, I hope you have plans too because every beginning of the year gives us a chance to evaluate our health, our well-being, and we can review our habits and see what's working and see what's not working and then we can make the changes accordingly, right? So yeah, that's an important exercise to do and it is never late. So if you still haven't had time to do that, to carry out that exercise, then just plan to have it so that we can be able to have a healthier, happier 2022, right? So today's episode, we continue with our series of diabetes care. Uh, if you have listened to the very last episode of the podcast, we were talking about diabetes care with Salome, and that's what we are continuing it for the next two episodes. Uh, so she talks about diabetes care in type 1 diabetes and also in gestational diabetes. And like I said last time, the Salome is really sharing a lot. Yeah, she's really, really is knowledgeable. So you may want to grab a pen and a notebook because there is so much that you're going to be learning. So enjoy and learn. Yes, yes. So no, 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 we are back to you on the care. So I think we've talked about this type 2. Mm-hmm. So we can move on to type 1 and then gestational. Yes. Uh, so type 1 is, uh, is, is autoimmune destruction of the cells that produce insulin. Insulin is a key to your cell, is, is what opens up your cell to, to take up the glucose. Uh, so in type 1, uh, when the cells are dest- destroyed, there is no insulin produced. Mm. Um, so uh, major, the management for type 1, sorry, they say type 2, type 1. Type the, 1. The, the main, yes, the type, type 1 management is basically insulin. So yeah. insulin injection. So anyone can, uh, can get type 1, but it's... Uh, it's a 10% of uh, the other diabetes, so it's not as common. It's more common in, uh, in children uh, yeah. from the age of six months. So management is insulin injection. So, so depending with, uh, with what your doctor is starting you on, uh, or the pediatrician or the diabetologist pediatrician, they will be able to start you on insulin injection. It can be, there's one we call uh, long-acting. It can work. It stays in the body system controlling your sugars like for 12 hours or 24 hours. There are those ones that we call short-acting. It means that it controls your glucose levels in a span of six to eight hours. That is when uh, it's in the system. Other than that, you need a booster. So insulin injection, it can be maybe twice a day or three times a day, or even for, for, some, for some children, four times a day. And then we need to know uh, for, for the children, they need to monitor blood glucose before physical activity because they are very playful. And then we, uh, because if they need to monitor or they need to have a snack before, before they go for their PE lessons or they go for their, uh, for, their, for their football games with their friends. So they need to have maybe a glass of juice or a snack that was packed by their parents so that uh, yeah. we prevent low dropping 
uh, of glucose levels. Because when you're on insulin, insulin tends to bring down uh, glucose very nicely, but we need to understand uh, how do we treat the parent or the guardians or the siblings need to understand how to treat um, low blood glucose and how is the baby presenting with the low blood glucose. Are they irritable? They're just crying. Are they shaking? Are they like not seeing anything? Are they complaining of a headache? So they need to, to pick those signs up and maybe give them a, a spoon of sugar. The small spoon of sugar is around 15 grams. Uh, and then to once they've taken the 15 grams, then they can recheck the, the blood glucose maybe after 15 minutes. And then, uh, yes, to just uh, after 15 minutes, they check their blood glucose and then they can have a snack after that just to stabilize. So in case you're trying to, to, to raise your blood glucose or uh, you're trying to raise your blood glucose for either adult or, or for type 1, uh, and it's not going up, every other time you're, you're doing the 15 seconds after you've uh, taken the maybe uh, the spoon of the 15 grams of sugar uh, or maybe a glucose a glucose tablet and you find that it's not it's not going up please be taking that uh, 15 glucose or the, the glucose tablet after 15 minutes but be on the way to the hospital so that when you get there maybe you're admitted we evaluate what is causing the low glucose yes so that we don't uh, we prevent uh, complications uh, for kids they need to know uh, they need to know how to, to do the insulin injections. Insulin injection is one is one wide topic, but um, yeah. they need to be comfortable because it's an injection. No one loves injections every day. So you have to find a fun way to, to telling them it's not painful. If you can manage to take them through the education, they understand what they are treating and the, you give them some role models that um, we have so and so, uh, they leave you with type 1 diabetes and they are they are playing their or their actors, they are playing football and they have type one. You see, you give them hope uh, as compared to them just viewing type one diabetes as a disability. Maybe they want to show they want to show up in school late, they don't want to perform very well. So you need to motivate them that the insulin injections are not as uh, as painful as they might be thinking. Because the insulin, the millimeters for the needle is very, very tiny. I think the smallest we have. But still, there is fear for injection, fear for hypo, for for low blood sugars. So they need to do that. I think we have uh, we have some chart that they use to to do the injection that they put on their tummy. For example, it's divided into four quarters. So they decide which quarters, which which quarter they are starting the of the abdomen are they starting with. So they can choose either the left or the right, and then they start injecting. Uh, there are very nice emojis that. Uh, they have to pull out the smiley emoji and then use that hole to inject. And then by the time they're finishing, um, maybe if they started with the left uh, upper quarter of the abdomen, by the time they're coming to that, uh, they've pulled out the emojis maybe for one week. We encourage one week and then they move to the other quarter. They pull out the emojis and they do the injection and then they move the lower one, the other one. So those are four quarters. By the end of the month, you're done injecting the entire abdomen. Then you can come to your first quarter. It is healed, there is no pain, and then we continue like that. They can do also the thighs, depending, but the thighs most of the time is, uh, for children is a bit tricky because because if you're doing the thighs and the legs are being used to run when you're playing football, then your insulin will, will be used quite fast and then uh, it will drop your, your blood glucose very fast. So most of the time we encourage uh, 
the abdomen. It's where you can, you know, you can see your abdomen we're injecting as compared to your, to your, to your arms. Yes. Mm -hmm. So also diet, diet management for them. Uh, there is what we call carbohydrates count. So they need to know how many carbohydrates, and then with that they can they can add up maybe two units of insulin to their to their normal dosage. So if they are taking six uh, six uh, six units per day, or maybe six units in the morning, and they feel like they've taken more carbohydrates and calories uh, at lunchtime, then maybe they need to top up by two units. So uh, the total dosage they'll give themselves after lunch is uh, before lunch after lunch is uh, uh, is maybe eight units. So there is uh, what we, that one we call uh, insulin titration. And then they also need to, like their parents need to monitor their glucose um, at night. So they get a lot of, type one to get a lot of, a lot of pricks in a day because they will do in the morning, check if their, 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 their sugar is low maybe during the day, do insulin. Uh, so there are quite a number of, um, of injections they're doing. Uh, if it tends to go low in the night, then uh, they will wake up at night and have a snack. So support system for type 1 is very, very important. Walk with them through the journey. Uh, the problem is the teenagers. So once we get to teenagehood, maybe they want also someone who will want to understand them, walk with them, give them proper guidance. Because a, a teenage now we are in adolescence and there is a lot of peer pressures. They want maybe to try alcohol, they want to try smoking, they want to start partying and all that. So they need proper uh, proper guidance on the management. Yes, yeah. and then follow up by their doctors. If the insulin is not working or it, it's giving them low blood sugars every other time, then see your doctor uh, who needs it changed or uh, who, will, who will change it maybe to something uh, that is... Uh, suitable for them. If you're having challenges uh, getting insulin or you're having challenges getting a glucose machine, we have a diabetic management information center. It's based in, um, in what? In Atungong Road, near Yaya Center. So they help, they support uh, children living with type 1 diabetes. They entirely not give you the, the, the insulin machine. It is a 50-50. The parent contributes and then they also contribute Wherever you are, uh, you are limited, then they come in and support you. And then also their testing is very cheap. So if you're going to Kenyatta also has a very good, a very good support center. So in case you're having challenges getting insulin machine or insulin, the insulin itself or the insulin injection or the strips for a specific machine that you're using, contact mm -hmm. a diabetic management center. It's called a DMI. Uh, they have their phone number on the website. Just call them and then explain the the situations you are in and then they'll they'll be able to support they'll be able to support you yes they do a very good job for type 1 diabetes and also educating young people on uh, on diabetes uh, so that's that's it about uh, type 1 Re uh, reviews with your doctor you need to know uh, monitoring there is what we call monitoring of ketones ketones helps us to to know if you're going to any complications. So it's important to monitor, especially um, urine. So a deep stick uh, urinalysis, urine test that will show you if the child has uh, a lot of ketones. And then we have sick day rules uh, for, for babies who are on insulin um, and you're vomiting, you're passing a lot of urine. Don't stop the insulin. Continue giving yourself the insulin, continue taking the medication, 
if you're able to tolerate the the food that you're being served, eat, give yourself the insulin, don't stop. Because um, children or the parents or the guardians will tend to feel like the, it's the insulin that is that is making them to that is making them to vomit and not uh, be able to tolerate the feed. So they will tend to stop the insulin, but that is not the case. Continue giving insulin as prescribed by the doctor. Yes, so that we, we don't end up into complication. So in case uh, the parents maybe find small ketones in urine, if you're able to, 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 if you're able to interpret uh, according as per what you were taught by your, your healthcare provider, then you, you should head to hospital and maybe have your child uh, given fluids or even admitted because normally mm-hmm. it is a, is a sign of a complication called uh, keto diabetic, keto acidosis, diabetic ketoacidosis. Mm-hmm. Yes, so yeah. it's important yeah. to know how to interpret those results so that you get uh, proper, proper health and proper care. Again, I insist people need to have notes, notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. So uh, on insulin... If you're living with diabetes, whether type 2 type or type 1, your doctor might start you on, uh, on insulin, depending with the, uh, the results that you've been given. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most of the time, starting insulin is, uh, is quite hectic because uh, if it's a patient who has been taking uh, maybe oral medication and because of their age, you need to start them on insulin, they might feel that they've not been doing enough. So they feel like insulin is some sort of punishment you're punishing them for not taking good care of uh, themselves. So yeah. uh, we need to explain when you're doing the education, they need to understand if, if we will not get to the reversal, to the reversal program and, and walk through it, then at some mm-hmm. point of your life, there is a possibility of, use, uh, of us starting you on insulin because it is maybe a better option for oral medication and because of maybe your age, you're not as, as active as the young people. So we need to start you on insulin, not for any other reason, just for, for controlling your blood sugar. And then uh, people will tend to fear low glucose levels when they don't know or they don't know how to address that. So just know how to recognize low blood sugar. How does your body feel? For example, me, uh, myself, when I'm working and mm-hmm. um, maybe it's lunchtime, so I will know my blood sugar is low when I get irritable. So I'm very irritable when I'm hungry. And then mm-hmm. after irritability, I'll get a headache. So it's important. How does your body uh, respond to when you've not eaten? How does your body respond? Do you get a headache? Are your emotions everywhere? Or mm-hmm. uh, is there a problem with your vision? Uh, are you shaky? Like you're shaky. Are you sweating? So need a pickup. Learn how your body responds to when you've not eaten. How do you feel? So you'll be able to, to recognize low blood sugar and you're able to, uh, to treat. Um, so fear for needle injection. Most of the time we'll need to do the injections ourselves before we tell you, but the needle is very, very small just to, to allay anxiety and make uh, the patient very comfortable. I've talked about self-blame. And then uh, social stigma, maybe they want to do the, the injection when they're at a function or they want to excuse themselves every other time to, uh, to do the injection. For, in such cases, you will want to maybe get an insulin that is workable, workable for them. Maybe they do it twice, twice, twice a, a day or maybe, yes, once a day. 
So by the time they're doing it in the morning, they go to the office or they attend their functions and meeting uh, comfortably without, uh, without them uh, having any, any, any issues or uh, feeling out of place. And then um, uh, what else? Then costing for the insulin as well, it's quite expensive. Uh, I think it's not less than uh, 1500. Maybe you can get less than 1500 at a DMI center. We have as expensive as 12,000. The 12,000 one, I think you do it, uh, is it once a week or twice a week? Uh, okay. And then you wait for the next week. So it's longer, it's longer acting, but it is quite expensive. Yes. Then, uh, yes. And then we have uh, also financial implication on insulin. You're doing insulin. It's not just like an oral medication. It comes, it comes with an extra cost because you have to get uh, needles to inject, to inject mm -hmm. yourself, to get the insulin inside your body. So that is an additional cost. So, and then uh, if you're traveling for, for people who are traveling maybe longer distance, uh, they need to, to, to be guided on how to do that. Do you need to carry your insulin? How are you going to store the insulin when you're traveling and such issues? And then uh, we also have uh, healthcare system barriers. That was a uh, client, client barriers. Um, then maybe healthcare system is uh, the workload. Maybe we, you don't have the time to explain uh, to the client how to use the insulin uh, because when we explain to you, we expect that uh, I will tell you to, to teach me how to use the insulin because I've taught you. So most of the time you'll find I'll just explain to you and let you go home because I have other activities or I have other patients to take care of. Uh, so there yeah. is that... Um, time or workload at the healthcare system, and then uh, limited uh, education on, on insulin use, insulin storage, and even uh, how to inject. So for most people who see their doctors at the clinic, and then you fail to, to ask uh, for, to ask question on how you're going to inject or store insulin, please you need to do that so that you're comfortable on how to use uh, to use the insulin and even how to do it. And then maybe most healthcare system, we have poor follow-up system. You don't know which patient came when, uh, how are we going to follow up? Are they doing proper injection? Are we assessing for any swelling at the site of injection? Uh, yes, for such complication, because insulin also has, um, if you don't do the injection properly, there is what we call hypo, hypo uh, there is swelling under the skin. I'm unable to pronounce the name. Okay. Uh, so treating, treating the swelling under the skin because uh, it has accumulated, it's more expensive than uh, when you're doing, uh, it's called lipohydrophy, uh, if I've gotten it right. Uh, so treating it is, is more expensive and it takes time to clear. So if, when you have uh, swelling under the skin and you've been on in, insulin injection, please know you've been doing the insulin injection wrongly and uh, look for someone to teach you how to, to do the correct insulin injection. Because when you're having swellings and you inject the insulin there, even the, the, the insulin absorption will not happen because there is a um, there is there is a barrier that is preventing it from being absorbed. So if you're having swelling on your abdomen or your thighs or your arms and you've been doing insulin injection, just know that um, uh, it you have been doing it wrongly. And then also fear of how they are going to dispose of their needles. Most people don't know how to dispose of the used insulin needles. Uh, mm -hmm. They just dispose it in the trash. That is not allowed. Look for a can as hard as a, as a juke container. So dispose them in there. Once they are full, take them to a healthcare, uh, healthcare center. They dispose them 
they dispose of uh, for you uh, for free. They are not charged. It's free of charge. I'm just noting that. Like, yeah, that is important. <laughs> yes, because because if you you throw them in the in the in the trash can, then uh, it uh, the person who is collecting your trash is at risk of being pricked by them, and then it's harmful to the environment. So we want to dispose them in the right places. So there is an incineration center, I think, in Nairobi somewhere in um, where. I can't remember the name, but depending with the healthcare facility that you're taking the needle, they'll be able to dispose them for you. Just tell them I'm on insulin, I've been uh, injecting, and these are my needles, kindly dispose them off for me, and they will gladly do that. So don't mm. put them in an envelope or a, or, a clear, or a clear bag, or maybe just a polythene bag. Because if you bring them to me, I will not take, take them, because I'm also at risk of being pricked by them. So just put yeah. them in a nice container that is that you can see, take them to a healthcare center, and then they are able to dispose them off for you. Yes, okay. so and so we can go on to gestational diabetes, or you have any questions for clarification? No, no, no. I am very well informed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank uh-huh. you. I appreciate. So gestational yeah. diabetes is, uh, is having sugar, elevated blood sugar in pregnancy. That is from uh, 24 weeks, 24 to 28 weeks. Uh, if you have been uh, living with diabetes and maybe you're type one, that is also gestational diabetes. Uh, but more common nowadays is uh, for ladies who are not known to be diabetic, but now they're having uh, sugar issues during pregnancy, because uh, during pregnancy we have uh, hormones that are produced and they are cause uh, they cause insulin resistance. So when there is insulin resistance, it means that um, your cells has, are not uptaking the the glucose from your blood as much as they can. So if you're having a good gynecologist, they should screen you for for oral uh, oral glucose tolerance test which is done between, uh, as I've mentioned, 24 to 28 weeks in your second. Is it second trimester? Yes. They need to screen yeah. you for, for gestational diabetes. And then mm-hmm. if you're trying to conceive and your BMI is above 25, please lose some weight before you conceive. Because when you, once you've, um, you get pregnant we, don't, we, pregnant, we don't expect you to lose weight, right? We expect yeah. you to add weight. So That's if you are 100, 100 kgs and you want to, to get pregnant, and maybe let me say your, your BMI is above 30 or 35, then you're at risk of gestational diabetes. Gestational mm-hmm. diabetes is a risk for type 2 diabetes. So yes, it will clear after, um, after delivery, but uh, if you don't follow up and screen yourself and change your lifestyle, be sure it's a guarantee you will have type 2 diabetes in your life, in your, somewhere in your life. So it's important, if you have a good gynecologist, there is one I work with, he will tell you your BMI is high, let's mm-hmm. shed some kilos before you get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Because when you add weight, the risk for, for sugar issues and then high blood pressure as well in pregnancy, which is not a good sign. So uh, if, you, if your gyna will not tell you, I'm telling you, please lose some weight. It's not because I don't <laughs> like, I admire how curvy you are, but but your health is more important. 
lose some weight and then once you conceive yeah. will be healthy and you will continue with life yes because also after delivery there is baby weight uh baby weight is it called baby weight mm-hmm. yeah baby weight you gain some kilos mm-hmm. yes so if you're able to to lose weight please lose weight before you get pregnant because also if you're and going you- in for if you're quite big or you're curvy let me say you're curvy and you're mm-hmm. pregnant and then you go mm-hmm. in for example you you are in labor and then you you your labor doesn't progress as well and then we have to go in for emergency yes you'll find that most of the time if you you're curvy your your neck is quite short isn't it? so mm-hmm. sometimes it's challenging challenging to intubate such a person and the problem the 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 the, the worst is we can lose you on the table we can save the child and lose you on the table because we are not able to get you to, to get oxygen to your lungs as much as we can because you mm-hmm. you're quite big and the muscles are there the neck are not giving us um a good way to to put in the tube so it's important lose some weight and then have a healthy baby and then you continue with uh, with life so in case you have uh, sugar issues uh talk to your dietitian uh concerning your Uh, your diet what are you going to eat because most of the time it's not about uh, most of the time the doctor doesn't uh, start you on uh, on uh, on a medication they'll just tell you to monitor so there is glucose monitoring you will monitor the fasting and one hour uh, after meals just to to mm-hmm. make sure your glucose is, is 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 within the normal ranges please write them down the next time you're seeing your gynec give them the results because they need to evaluate you are you doing well or they need to start your medication and then also uh i've mentioned diet just mention to your to your dietitian if you're having any cravings are you craving pineapple oranges ice cream so all that make sure because you're going to adjust your your diet to to suit your current uh, current sugar issue so that we balance we balance that we are able to accommodate your cravings and also uh, have a good glucose control Uh, if you're able to exercise please walk as much as not going to the gym you can walk as much as you can around wear nice shoes exercise and then we will we will we will get our good glucose control we have a healthy baby yes after that also once you've delivered make sure you follow up on your glucose your glucose mm-hmm. uh, screening maybe on your annual checkup just make sure you've been screened for type 2 diabetes and yeah. for the mothers if for the mothers who have um, Maybe if you delivered a baby who is more than 4 kilos my dear you need to screen yourself for type 2 diabetes so yes for I know in urban most hospital they screen for for gestational diabetes mm-hmm. but most uh, most most hospitals maybe those in the rural areas or in the public sector really do we pick up do we pick up the gestational diabetes So if we don't pick up the gestational diabetes then the possibility of of one ending up with type 2 diabetes is very high. And uh yes, I think the test is around if you're able to save when you're saving for your baby clothes, if you're able to save a 500 or maybe a 1000 bob, you're able yeah. to walk into a, to a private to a private laboratory and tell them I would like to have a, a oral glucose tolerance test. because i'm pregnant i'm at 25 or 26 weeks please yeah. screen me or what do i need to do before the test is done because you need to have fasted don't eat anything in the morning walk in uh, be there by 7 because you will drink glucose you will 
first of all, you will be uh, the, the first thing will be done before you take your glucose. And then you take 75 grams of glucose drink, mm -hmm. and then you repeat after one hour the glucose, and then you repeat after two hours. So you might be in that uh, laboratory for quite some hours. So just okay. find out uh, what you're supposed to do before, but those are the things you're supposed to do before you walk into a laboratory. So save a few coins uh, for yourself, and then just have yourself to uh, screening, because uh, most of the time it could be, a, it can complicate your delivery process. Yes, so yes, that's, so that's uh, about the management of uh, the three types of diabetes. And I want to add the gestational, you know, the, after the after delivery especially, the way we talk about child's facing, part mm -hmm. of the time mm -hmm. before, the, before the subsequent birth, yeah. One one of the reasons we 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 advocate for this space is also for you to have your weight in check. Yes. Because remember, with every subsequent birth, and if you are not careful, if we mm -hmm. we are not careful, we are likely to put on weight with every weight, with every delivery. I mean, with every birth. Yes. 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 Yeah, so part of allowing space between the, your, your babies is to just allow time for you to put back your body in a, mm -hmm. in a healthy, the healthy range. And this is yes. just in terms of recovery. So when we talk about recovery, it's not just recovery from delivery. We want mm -hmm. to replace our, our nutrients in the body and also mm -hmm. like make sure we are able to attain our normal weight. Yes. Uh, yeah, and so also yeah. on the on the on the on the child spacing, find a mm -hmm. contraceptive that works for you. Because sometimes yeah. hormonal imbalance, like for example, you're on depot and uh, you're eating a lot, you're adding weight. So know which mm -hmm. cons contraception work for you. Is it a depot? Is it an implant? Or is it an IUCD? Because if you if you've been on depot and you're and you've added more than forty kilos, for example, if you're maybe fifty and you've added, you are now eighty five. Please don't go back for the depot. Tell your doctor to change it for you because it's not doing you any good. You're adding so much weight and it will put you at risk even for hypertension. So it's important for just find a, a, a family planning method that is, uh, that, is, that is workable for you. And also let's learn how our body responds to some things. Like yes. if, if you are on implant or, or Jadel or which one, or IUCD, how is your yeah. body responding to it? Do you realize that your appetite has gone up or has it gone down? Are you experiencing any side effect? Because from that, you're able to pick. If you, if you have an implanon and your appetite has gone up, you should know that it's the implanon that is, that is giving you the appetite or it's the depot that is giving you the appetite. Uh, let's learn how you, our body responds to some medication or to some, um, uh, the family planning that you're using so that you are sure, uh, as much as we are, we, are, we, are, we are working towards child spacing, we are not compromising our health as well. The family planning method are good, but they work differently for different people. So don't go for what works for Salome or what works for Derito, because it mm. might be totally different or a disaster on your end. So it's important to consult and uh, just find out more information on, on what works for you. And you, there is room for you always to change the 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 family planning method that and there is, is no restriction yes well that is important by the way especially that bit of people paying attention because i mean things are not happening to they're not just happening you need to know yeah so that yeah you know, it, like you can point out what happened what has changed 
Yeah, yeah, it's important. Mm. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Now, I have a question. We have people who we have diagnosed them as having diabetes, but these mm-hmm. people would adhere to treatment or they completely refuse treatment or mm-hmm. they just, they just, you know, somebody who continues with life as usual. Yeah. Like, is yeah. there like to this kind of behavior? Is there a way you manage this? Uh, there is a way and it's, it's, it's one hectic, it's one hectic process to manage someone like every other time you're coming to, like I have, I have one client, every other time he's coming to, to me, the blood mm-hmm. sugars are high and not because he doesn't have the information. Most of the time, the information is there, Yeah. but it's yeah. just a choice that someone makes. They don't want to comply. They'll go without medication for a week and come in like nothing has happened. They mm-hmm. understand, you will ask them, do you know the complication? They will tell you the, all the complications of diabetes, but they don't want to, to understand, to, to, to comply. For such individuals, you have to, to, to evaluate their mental status. Have they gone into to depression? Are they okay? Are they having uh, a good support system? If they, have, they are not having a good support system, what can we do, what can we implement? So that we, 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 we are able to, to prevent the complications. Because if, if every other time you're not taking your medication, the sugars are high, then, then the complications and uh, longer hospitalizations chances are very high. So, yes, evaluate their mental status, find out if there are any stress, stressing factors, how is their work environment, uh, how is their family, 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 how is their family doing, are they having any challenges, maybe with the children or the wife, you know, rule out every any any red flag so that from there you're able to establish if you're able to refer them to a counselor refer them to a counselor and then uh, from there maybe we we evaluate them and see if there is any improvement so mental 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 evaluation or mental assessment is very important for someone who is not compliant we find that may, maybe most of them are tired of taking the drugs not for any other reason mm-hmm. but they just don't want to take them every day they find like it is too cumbersome it is just hectic Maybe they don't like the side effect for the medication. But if you're able to explain um, to, 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 to these individuals at the beginning, like maybe if you're taking uh, this medication, you might experience bloating or you might experience an episode of diarrhea in a day, or uh, you might experience that you've added some weight if you're using insulin. So if you are able to explain to them at the beginning, then we, are, we will be able to prevent, to prevent these other issues. Uh, that will come up uh, along the way during the management. So I think bottom line is health educate, talk, 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 and talk. Make sure they've understood. Give them room, listen to their concerns, give them room to ask questions, address their issues. They will want to go, most of them, maybe they want to do traditional way of treatment. Uh, Mm -hmm. Explain to them the the complication or the the dangers that come with traditional uh, option of treating diabetes. So Yes. So just evaluate every every other aspect, and uh, yes, from from them, I'm sure you will get there. For men, uh, most of the time, we tend to tell you if you don't manage your glucose, you might just have erectile dysfunction. So you will find that the erectile dysfunction, because we don't want to get that, it will make them to to manage mm-hmm. their sugars yeah. issues. But we we don't have to 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 threaten you to, <laughs> to take care of yourself. So. Yeah, 
you like you find we find what actually you know what gets their attention yeah 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 so if you've not been managing and we've talked about these issues and then you're not managing then i can just throw you under the bus and tell you now you will end up and and uh, your bedroom will not be as 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 conducive or as friendly as it has been and then they, maybe they might just pull up their socks and start doing the good job sometimes you just <laughs> you just need to raise the alarm so that they open it's sometimes it's an eye opener yeah them to comply yes okay Well, mm-hmm. this thing is that this this thing is it is deep there's a lot and we have been <laughs> for a long time i don't think we are going to finish this guide we talked about uh, the diagnosis like we want to have more people in care so how do we improve diagnosis like what can we do mm-hmm. to make sure or to uh, to facilitate this many people who the 40,000 and more mm-hmm. who don't who don't know that they do have diabetes how can we help them know what do we need to do to increase the diagnosis um we need to create awareness okay. awareness now that you're having a social media platform yeah uh, we create awareness use your platform to create awareness as, as much as possible uh, dr yeah. martini and i we, we advocate for for monthly vital check have okay. your blood pressure checked every at the end not not at the end of the month actually uh, the first week of every the first weekend of every month we like mm-hmm. run a campaign on vital check so like check your blood pressure heart rate uh, check your weight height and uh, waist circumference uh, yeah. have your blood blood sugar checked because if you've been doing this every every first weekend of every month then uh, maybe in a year or so you are able to pick up any changes you are mm-hmm. able to pick up my sugar has been 5.5 and now it is at 9 what is not happening and then you are able to to seek medical attention because if you want to improve our healthcare system we will not just uh, this 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 uh, screening at triage area will not be implemented tomorrow so we have to find a way of taking care of ourselves as we wait for implementation so um learn to 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 take care of yourself just check your vital signs uh and then from there you are able even to pick maybe a blood pressure you are able to know your normal and abnormal readings and maybe mm-hmm. you are able also to tell uh, maybe my blood pressure is 140 over 90 because lately i've been working i've been uh, working late or uh, i have work related stressors and maybe find a way on um, how to deal with your stress find a yeah. way on how to manage your stress so such issues but creating awareness uh telling young people that this that diabetes actually type 2 diabetes is becoming younger it is yeah. in um it is being diagnosed in late 20s and uh, early 30s so yeah, it's not a joke so the earlier we start taking care of our health and looking into it the better mm-hmm. for us because uh, if if the young people are the one affected uh, and then they are, they add the leaders for for tomorrow You, you can tell where we are heading we will be yeah. in and hospital every other time That's or flying out for medication so invest in your health invest invest in your health take care of yourself and you can actually walk into any facility and ask for a test right yes you can walk into even even pharmacies where yeah, guys go for over the counter if you're able to get a facility that doesn't charge you be faithful to that facility every month so that they see you every month and they know you yeah. That is important because it's the only way it's the only way that you actually are able to know do you do you need to get care or not and like like mm-hmm. so long where they start a lot of these things by the time you start getting signs and symptoms it means they've advanced you are likely to have yes. complications 
Mm-hmm. So you want to identify this. And that's the thing with most of these chronic conditions. They won't yeah. come as, you know, with flu, you know you have a flu. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but for these ones, you don't know. Like by the time you wait for them to start to actually be aware, if you're waiting for symptoms, then it means mm-hmm. they might already have, you know, already done some damage. And we mm-hmm. don't get that. And that's the whole point of screening. With a lot of chronic yes. conditions, you the best prevention is early diagnosis mm-hmm. or the best protection actually because even if you you are pre-diabetic you can take action at that moment yes before it has gone on in advanced mm-hmm. yeah it's very true so thank you so so much for this very intensive and comprehensive education <laughs> I can't, I can't, <laughs> like what <laughs> even i didn't know that <laughs> so it's also it's also been a refresher for me mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's very important that uh those key things i think we want to just like uh maybe you can just give a parting shot but just to summarize mm-hmm. like to summarize our discussion today people need to be involved in their treatment ask as mm-hmm. many questions as you can yeah mm-hmm. Yes. And then also like uh, also like taking care of yourself, you know, like the main the, the, these things that you learn from these facilities. Can you implement them? Because at the end yeah. of the day, they are for your own well-being. Yeah, yeah. And, and this thing about uh, like uh, when you're on treatment and then you decide that you are you are well and you've stopped. Mm-hmm. This is the start of the very many problems that people get. Yeah. Uh, Especially people with the hypertension and diabetes, like strokes. Somebody was going through the hypertension treatment and then you, it stabilized for a moment and then you decide that I'm well. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing we are hearing, somebody had a stroke. Yeah. And treating stroke, by the way, it is quite expensive. Now, you, treating hypertension is expensive, yes. yes. Taking medication is quite expensive and seeing your doctor. But now treating a stroke, how much are you going to spend? You know how much are you going to spend for for a renal dialysis every other day? You're not going to spend less than in a week. You're not going to spend less than fifteen thousand for dialysis. Yes, so it's quite expensive. And then now again, you imagine now also that that now now the disability also comes in because depending on yes. how much. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you want to avoid that. Like, like, like again, like you said, being diabetic mm. or being hypertensive is not a, a disability. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't. But then the complications could actually render you, you know, <laughs> incapacitated. You could end up now, again, now these disabilities come about as a result of complications and not because mm-hmm. you had diagnosis in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think those are very key things to, to keep in mind. And then also having a physical activity that actually works for you. Yeah. And, find out who else do you need to see again it takes a it takes a village you know you need a nutritionist yes. there you need a counselor there mm-hmm. you need a nurse there you need an educator there so when you see whoever you see can you ask them who else do i need to see mm-hmm. yeah so that you're able to get the support that you need from every person available because again a lot of these people are also available but they don't have people to like give these services to yes 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 as much as we as much as the health systems may be overwhelmed we also have opportunities where people are available you have a nutritionist who's available a counselor mm-hmm. who's available and they can give mm-hmm. the services yeah and then we have those clinic days that have been set aside for specific like the diabetes clinics and the hypertension mm-hmm. clinics 
Mm-hmm. Uh, those things are very, very beneficial. Like I, I told you, I mentioned my dad is diabetic. Mm-hmm. And for him, he really looks forward to those. You know, those education, like, of, of course, before COVID, they would have those education forums. And he really used to look forward to them. In fact, it's usually very yeah. interesting. <laughs> comparing, <laughs> like comparing data in the day, he's telling me what, what they learned. Yeah. And even having your, your mm-hmm. partner was like on board because like my mother has had, has gone for clinics with my dad and she's personally also mm-hmm. been educated on the same. Yeah. 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 And also peer discussion. Yeah. Like you'll find maybe they're sharing knowledge. I do this and then yeah. Discussions among themselves also helps a lot. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you get to learn how is the other person managing what, how have they overcome? Mm-hmm. Maybe similar limit, like you have been having similar challenges and then you get to hear how somebody else is managing. Give us your parting shot, Salome. Wow. Thank you for, for, for this opportunity. I really appreciate. I love sharing knowledge because knowledge is power. Once you know, uh, yeah. you're good to go. Yes. So yeah. let's learn to invest in our health. Take care of, uh, take care of your health. Take care of your, yourself. Learn to listen to your body and not just rushing to, to a chemist to get medication. It could be something more than a headache. It could be something more than a, just a numbness. Learn to yeah. listen to your body. Like uh, maybe I'm having a headache and I didn't sleep well at night, maybe last time. So relate those factors to, to how you're feeling now and you're able to, to manage. Let's learn how to exercise physical activity, as you've said, is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, healthy diet, nutrition. Nutrition goes a long way. Because if you, we are trying to, 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 to fight the NCDs, it will not just come like uh, we are we are we are focusing on one area. We focus on how we are sleeping at night. Let's have seven to eight hours of sleep. Someone mm-hmm. told me that is too much sleep. They can't <laughs> sleep that well. I'm told them try it, and then you'll find that it is more enjoyable. You wake up in the morning, you're so relaxed, and then you feel mm-hmm. like you're prepared for the day and the challenges that uh, the day has for you. So have enough sleep. Uh, learn which diet works for you. If you, your BMI is above 20, is 25 and above, don't go for a shortcut. Yeah. Look for something that works for you. Is it diet? Which one do you eliminate and it helps you to lose weight? Losing weight is not a one-day thing. Um, most of the time I tell people, if, if, if you've lost maybe a 0.1 kilo or a, or a kilo in a month, mm-hmm. pat yourself in the back and, tell, and, and say you've done well. Then intensify mm-hmm. the, the, the measures that you put in place implement them, make them to be part of your lifestyle, not just a one-off thing. You want to look good and then you, you relapse again, you go back to, <laughs> to square one. So there, there, there are so many things for, for weight loss uh, on social media, but look for something, sit down, evaluate your health, look for something that works for you. If it doesn't work for you in a month or two months, go back. Don't get tired of going back to the drawing board and, and evaluating yourself. I put this in place. It's not working for me. Let me try this. If you are not able to manage, look for, 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 for a dietitian or someone who can work, for, uh, work with you and uh, maybe you're able to achieve your goals. So from there, if you receive guidance from, from Deritu, she'll be able to guide you. And then from there, you're able to manage on your own uh, yeah. so that we, we can have a healthy a healthy, healthy lifestyle in future. So invest in your health, invest in your health, not your, not the other way around. Then the wealth part of it will automatically come to us. This session has been so informative. 
in case you have any question <laughs> you can always reach out <laughs> comprehensive yes where can people find you uh mostly i'm on 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 instagram uh okay. your diabetes educator kenya ke uh and i'm on facebook as well so the two i'm on linkedin okay. but not uh, as active at twitter i'm not there so okay. i just use the two fl- platform for for sharing information maybe with them i will up- upgrade my <laughs> other social medias but for now you can learn from uh, maybe the the post that i've, I've shared yes mm. and in case you're having challenges you've not been through the education ask question i'm always ready to work with someone who is who has reached out for help i will not i will not send you away so yeah you can reach out and ask question ask for help i'll gladly assist yes it's the way salome shares so much information such deep information in such an easy way right so i hope you really enjoyed this episode and you really learned a lot And uh, if you again haven't listened to the first part of this diabetes care series, please be sure to listen to it because uh, it, it introduces this episode. And then again, I want to remind you to share with your friends, share with your family. If you know somebody who's living with diabetes or is taking care of somebody who has diabetes, please share it with them so that they can also get to benefit from this information. Again, see you next week and as always take care of yourselves and be good